Football doesn't matter, right? On this weekend of all weekends, football doesn't matter. How many times have you heard that in the last few days? Except it does. It's the reason you and I talk with passion, with vitriol, with desire, with nonsense, with laughter, with tears. It's the reason we huddle at the back of the stands, shuffle slowly side to side to clamber up to our seat. It's the reason generations sit in the same seats, pass along mince pies at Christmas, leftovers on Boxing Day, dodgy boiled mothballed sweets under the floodlights on a Monday night. It's the reason grown men and women whose names I don't know, but their faces, their faces have shared every emotion alongside me like the dearest of friends. They just need to raise an eyebrow in hello, in acknowledgement that we got away with that result. That ref, eh? What about that goal? An eyebrow raise and a sound and a whole 90 minutes understood. Football is the reason Vichai Srinwatanarapapa walked into Leicester. The city, not just the club, a city that took him to its heart. Kasper Schmeichel put it best, as a leader, as a father and as a man, you changed football forever. You gave hope to everyone that the impossible was possible, not just to our fans, but to fans all over the world in any sport. Football, it breaks your heart. It makes you feel like you can do anything. And when an owner becomes a custodian, not just of a club, but of a people and a city, they let the dreamers dream. That's all. Simple, really. This weekend, more than ever, is why football matters. This is the Totally Football League show. Thank you to everyone that's been in touch this week, as always, at the Totally Football show on Twitter. Leave a review as well, if you can, via your podcast provider. Let's bring in the team. Our very own leads, all that flair, but occasionally knackered and an illegal use of the arm, Adrian Clark. <laughs> I'm almost always knackered, I have to say. Are you? Yeah. It's all those late nights worrying whether Sam Parkin's going to pick up the phone. <laughs> To your show, uh, which I knew he didn't do at the weekend. No, it's a no-show. A building momentum in an understated way, our champion-elect Sam Stokey-Parkin. Good morning. It is a very good morning. It's nice and crisp out there, isn't it? It's a difficult one to know how many layers to go, but down about six thing. at the moment. See, see, what he's done there is given us a weather report. If you'd phoned him for a weather report, he would have picked up his phone. Uh, Sorry about that, Adrian. I'll do that on air. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Abby, well, producer. It's too late now, isn't it? Yeah. He turns up to say sorry. Uh, and would I dare to call him anything but Bolton, Joe Blackburn Rovers Crilly from William Hill. <laughs> Hello. I can, of course, take the old proverbial with you because your dad's going to make an appearance and talk all things Bolton this week. He is. I, I asked him for his uh, summary of how things have been going at the University of Bolton Stadium. Why and is that? Because you can't be bothered to go at the moment? It, it's torture watching Bolton play at the moment. And he has to go out of some... Uh, kind of misguided loyalty so he's uh, probably more well versed in uh, in what's been happening in the recent weeks Should we hear from him now? Given the big build up what's his name? Ian Ian James Here is Ian James on Bolton this week Hi Joe Bolton are playing <laughs> The strikers can't strike the defenders can't defend and the midfield is as thin as tissue paper Next month we've got three away games and one at home playing teams near the top of the table I've supported Bolton for 50 years, but I do feel that Phil Parkinson needs to sort something out pretty quickly or I'll be supporting them next season in League One. He's honest, which I like. Refreshing, good broadcasting tone. He'd probably pick up the phone if you (laughs) rang him. Uh, Well done, Ian James. Yeah. Was that a little bit condescending? (laughs) Nice one, Dad. 
It sounded very knowledgeable, I have to say. Yeah, yeah excellent. Yeah. Uh, talking of knowledge, Paul Hurst out of Ipswich and Paul Lambert's in. We had a little sneak on the old WhatsApp group. Um, you surprised? Um, a little bit, considering he's ex-Norwich. He's taken Matt Gill as well, who was uh, doing really good things. I understand that Norwich, I played with Matt towards the end of my career, so... He's really highly thought of yeah. as a coach. So inevitably, if the results don't go particularly well, they won't get a great deal of time from, a great deal of patience from the supporters. But no, I think he's gone in and done a bit of firefighting before at, at Wolves and, and Blackburn spring to mind. And obviously a glorious time getting Norwich promoted. It's just, he's not got much to, to work with at Ipswich at the moment. They're talking about 10 million quid being available mm. in January. So if they're in a decent position to make a fist of it it'll be all about his recruitment but yeah uh, for the moment I don't see a huge turnaround in results because they're really low in confidence I, I know you're going to talk about it Adrian but he's he's been speaking for the first time today as we record this on Tuesday morning uh, forget what's happened he said I told the players that forget what's happened in the past they've got to look to the future you'll see a different team on Saturday got to make it a, a happy place to be they need to come in and enjoy playing the game well supported football club we need to get those fans on side I think you said the right things there. Paul Lambert has a reputation for working his players very, very hard. So if if those Ipswich players have been slacking, and I don't actually think they have been. I think it's just been a case of they've been not quite good enough and mm. they've obviously lost confidence as well, but, but they will graft. But he said the right things that he does need to lift that dressing room. I think he did a... His reputation has sort of nosedived since the Norwich days, where I thought he was brilliant. Tactically, showed a lot of variety. That, that Norwich team were, were fabulous. I thought he did a pretty good job at Wolves in in the main. Okay, it fell away. Blackburn, he did he did okay in terms of of saving them. Walked away obviously at the end of that. So no, it, was I surprised? No, because I did actually hear some quite strong whispers a few weeks before I was sworn to secrecy, so I couldn't really say anything. But um, oh. but yeah, I know, I know, and I didn't put any money on it. But I had heard strong whispers that that this might happen. So it isn't. A call that went in. No. The moment that Paul Hurst left, this is something that was talked about a couple of weeks before. Yeah, I would have given him the next three games just considering who they were playing against. That's my uh, opinion on it. It's Preston, uh, Mill, obviously, that's gone, and, and the other team down the bottom of the table. So I would have given him those three with the international break coming up. That seemed logical. But um, yeah, I agree with, with Adrian. I think Paul Lambert actually. Having been at Stoke a couple of games at the end of last season, they really did rally. Some of the Premier League teams that were in the mire didn't uh, to that extent, but they actually looked like they were with the manager and putting some decent performances on the way out of the division. So I think he, he galvanised them relatively well. And um, yeah, I mean, time will tell, but I, I think for the moment it's going to be it's it's going to be difficult to pick up results in the short term. I think he'll need January and the, and and also he'll need to have one or two of these players from the lower leagues to come good you know yeah. surely that's going to happen <laughs> and he'll need to get his players to, to remember how to defend set pieces and long throws <laughs> as we saw from that game at Millwall I mean he must have been up in the stand thinking oh God, goodness me like I've got some work to do here because that was it, it actually probably did him a few favours because it, it showed the the brittleness of the team at the moment it just highlighted we all knew that Ipswich weren't scoring goals and he knew that before he, he took the job mm. but they're Right before his eyes, he also saw a bit of a soft centre as well. Joe, has it, has it changed anything, him coming in? Did you, When did you first have a sniff that he was coming in? Has it changed anything on their relegation odds? It, it kind of caught us by surprise uh, a little bit. We didn't even have the, the market out for next Ipswich manager, so it was clearly uh, in the pipeline. <laughs> which, which is uh, why I couldn't get a bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it, it's, it's clearly been in the pipeline, uh, as Adrian said, for a couple of weeks. In terms of the, the price, we haven't changed anything yet. Ipswich remain favourites to, to go down. It's interesting if they do get the 10 million quid that Sam was talking about, that price will obviously change uh, considerably. I think they were desperate for Paul Hurst to work. I mean, I'm not going to dig up you know, the, the problems with Mick McCarthy, but they needed a change. I think they were all behind Paul Hurst. They wanted to give it time, but I think one win in 15 games, I mean, that is desperate stuff. And it, it was very difficult for him to stay in the job. I know you're not going to you say about not bringing up Mick McCarthy, but that's been levelled time and time again this week, how much he's to blame for it. And it's that, that Charlton thing that we've spoken about a couple of times, the number of consecutive seasons they've had at this level in, in the championship and if they were to go out of it the damage being done there let's talk about then the weekend it was Millwall 3 Ipswich Neil but plenty of other games to get through you're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill for all the latest odds in the footballing world check out williamhill.com or download the app and if you don't spot something you fancy why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag your odds for your very own personalised bet 18 plus only, be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Game week 16, as the NFL rolls out of town, we can get away with putting it like that and for me wearing a hat in the studio, which you've all ribbed me for. For one last time then, no goalless draws on Saturday in the EFL Klaxon. No goalless draws. Uh, what have you missed in the championship? Just to reiterate the puns, Paul's Hurst for Lambert at Ip Switch resulting in a former Norwich man now at the helm. Five different leaders on Saturday, but it's the Blades who remain just a cut above the rest. And they also gave a stat of the weekend. United had not lost in any of the last 40 matches in which the club captain Billy Sharp had scored. There was a sneaky win for Stoke, an equally sneaky Norwich up to fourth in the table after that 1-0 over Brentford. Uh, we could go Leeds 1, Forest 1, Handball, etc, etc. But Sheffield United going top of the table... They have been sneaking about it, but they've got everything. You look at them and think, it's going to be hard to shift them off it now. Yeah, well, it's very close, isn't it? I think actually, I think it'd be very easy to shift them off it, as we saw at the weekend <laughs> right. with, with many different leaders. So, so I wouldn't get too carried away if I was a Blaze fan. But look, it's good times. I just like it. I like the way that they use the wing back system. They use the full width of the pitch. And I, I don't know, Sam's probably played in teams and certainly played against teams that have gone with wing-backs. And it, and it can be a nightmare when you're playing against a team that are very good at making the pitch as big as possible and, the, and their wing-backs are, are hugging that touchline and making things happen. And, uh, yeah, I was looking at some of, some of my stats on my on my spreadsheet and I noticed that they've scored six goals from, from left-wing crosses and there was another couple at the weekend. So, so that Inder Stevens supply line is really working for them at the moment. So, yeah, it's all good, but, but it's still wide open, isn't it? 4-2 yeah. win over Wigan. The goal's going in, and I do think they will be tough to, to shift off the top, but Chris Wilder just kind of gives his side the impetus and I think they'll ride it this season yeah Paul Cook said they were the best side that he's faced this season and they're getting a lot of credit for the way that they're they're playing he's got a system but within that there's a few little tweaks and he played Clark Sharp and McGoldrick at the weekend because Duffy was missing and mm. and Clark and McGoldrick were a little bit deeper got getting on the ball and and obviously providing Sharp with some opportunities and, and Norwood we've spoken about him a lot and he's very important in his progressive passing, getting the ball forward with quality and a fantastic win. Three poachers goals, 18 minutes. Uh, he got his treble in and it, I think it was his first treble in 10 years as well. So that's unbelievable for someone who who lives for scoring goals, living the dream, doing it at his boyhood club. I wanted to mention um, another goal scorer 
from that game. Well, half-time, 90-year-old dementia sufferer Frank Coulson. Did you see that? Yeah, brilliant. Um, he fulfilled a lifetime ambition by scoring at the cop end at Bramwell Lane. It was to do with his, his care homes make-a-wish scheme. So he went onto the pitch with Tony Curry. What a player he was, by the way. And got a cuddle off uh, Tony after that as well. There's some great charities that use football actually as as a way of stimulating yeah, the brain and getting conversations going. I've done some stuff before where you, you go into a home into to talk to some of these these people and you're taking football programs and it's it's the remembrance of that moment and going straight back to that moment, which football kind of gives us all, doesn't it? You, you remember all those individual moments that were so important in your life. So so yeah, absolutely perfect. If you haven't seen it, have a look on social media. Oh, just a quick word on a certain handball. Leeds won, Forest won. A roof saying it was just instinct and that the onus was on the officials to make the call. I know, obviously... Adrian, Sam, you, you would hold your hands up having held your hand up, wouldn't you? I was so blatant. It was so, it was so blatant. And it's so easy for people to say, oh, you've got to own up. You've got to own up. And I've probably changed because as a player, there's no way I would have owned up. Absolutely no way. You wouldn't have, Sam. I know you wouldn't have. Uh, uh, for that one? Yeah, oh, you wouldn't own up. I don't think I'd have thrown my arm at it like he did. I honestly, yeah. if I was going to miss it... But if it, you did, what, what would you have said? No, 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 go. No, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have owned up. But <laughs> I, I, d- I did get one. Of, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have done that, though, in the first place. You know, I mean, it wouldn't have been in my yeah. thought process. If I was flinging my body at it and I couldn't get there with my head, yeah. I don't think my arm would have come out there. He was like the shiftiest person I've ever seen, Kimari, <laughs> celebrating it and his interview afterwards. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like he robbed the bank. Yeah, well, you're going to do it. You've got to go off in style, haven't you? I, I did get he one of... style it out, did he? I don't have all. to bore you with it, but I, I could show you afterwards. I did score a handball once, but I missed... Uh, like a tap in and somehow I lost my foot in as well is and it, it on YouTube ca- and it was kind of like my, my my flailing arm just knocked it over the line but when I saw it back it didn't look like a handball at, uh, at all it looked like I just kind of dribbled it over the line but yeah it was a blatant handball is it in your compilation of Sam Parkin's Swindon Town goal machine well there's no is, other goal machines from any other clubs it's so uh, 19 think, minutes and so. 45 19 wow, minutes okay. of goals it's me in the front room scoring past my mum uh, uh, if, if, would you admit to it Joe Crilly uh, well, I always played as a goalkeeper, so I was always throwing my hands at the, at the ball. Uh, so. Very good. Very good. Uh, so clearly he would. All right, that uh, Leeds won first one. Interestingly, Leeds, if you're thinking about whether they're... It's a different mentality, isn't it? Billy Sharp talked about Sheffield United grinding out results and they'll have to keep doing that. Leeds just can't seem to get ahead again and it's, it's that coming backwards and forwards. January's such an interesting time. Mm. And you think whether they are actually knackered and what will change in January. He's changed the team a bit, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. Forshaw's in there now, isn't he? Obviously, they've had injury problems. I always felt, I fancied Forrest to get something there. I rate Lee's highly, but I think Nottingham Forest are, are going to be in the shake-up as well. Um, can I throw something out there? I don't, are yeah. you using your hand? I, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to knock it. I'm going to throw it out there. I was just talking about Derby. I was switching attention to Derby. Mm. I know he didn't score, but Harry Wilson and his left foot... He just had a, he had two or three amazing efforts again with his left peg. Is has he got the best left foot in the championship? I just I, it just got me thinking. I just jotted it down in my notes because there are a lot of good left foots in the championship. You got Harvey Barnes, you got Barry Douglas at, at Leeds, uh, McGinn with his worldie the, for Villa. But I just think that Harry Wilson has got an awesome left foot at it's the brilliant. Totally Show for your thoughts on awesome left foots. This was Barrow One Derby. One go on then, Sam. Barry Bannon and Adam Reach. Yeah, yeah, those two as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's, it, just because I've got Sheffield Wednesday written down in front of me. Adam Reach is all right. It's, I mean, he does all right. Flooded. He makes no, a living. It's flooded, I think, the division this year with, with, with great lefties, which is brilliant. So uh, that must mean the focus was on the left for how many years ago at Academy Training? <laughs> they have done that? <laughs> I don't know. No. Probably not, no. Oh, um, no I, was a le- I was a left footer, so I, I'm biased. I always think that... The, yeah, the the best players always got left good left feet. So, um, but no, Harry Wilson's just has really impressed me. Obviously, all season, but I just think he's got a bit of a wand there. And uh, yeah, it's great to see. Does it does it make a difference? And now I'm probably getting too hung up on a left foot. But but how does it change things? When a left footer strikes the ball sweetly, you know, in the middle of the bat, so to speak, mm. I just think it artistically looks better I, I, I don't know whether that's it's clearly not fact it's just but I'm not the only person that said that I just think seeing a good left footer in action is it's, it's one of the joys see I'm not bored with left foot chat yet but uh, I'm just looking around to see if anyone else is yeah they've right. got eyes are glazing over yeah, aren't okay, they okay alright fine I'll move on from left foot At Norwich 1 Brentford Neil, Thomas Frank has lost his opening three games as Brentford head coach. The last Brentford manager to, to lose his opening three was August to September 1973. Mike Everett, the only other manager to lose his opening three, thank you to Good Brand Stats for this, was player manager Fred Monk in September 1953. You kind of get the point. Losing his opening three is, is bad news for Thomas Frank. But we never give enough, I think, to the team that then beats whoever it might be that we're talking about. And Norwich, again, just steadily improving. Yeah, I mean, it really surprised me. Brentford haven't won in nine now, which is incredible reading, considering all the, the plaudits and praise they were getting early part of the season. But yeah, Norwich finding a way to win, despite uh, Brentford having a lot of possession, didn't work the goalkeeper enough. But Norwich have been excellent the last few weeks and such a good balance. The, the young players, Cantwell, again, was getting rave reviews. A little bit more direct they can afford to be now. I think that they've got roads in the side, so it's not just passing for passing sake. And... Rhodes obviously missed a penalty as well, so could have been more comfortable in the end. But yeah, a very good victory. The big moment, of course, was Neil Mopé. A couple of saves from um, Tim Krull and then he missed from about four yards. And we talk about him all the time. He's had a fantastic start to the season, but he's just got that in his armoury. I don't think... He gets into the positions, doesn't he, time and time again, but he's just having all that reliance on one player for Brentford. I think that's going to be their Achilles heel again. And I, I know they've been looking... I know they've been looking for probably six months now to try and reinforce that area. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll happen in January. At the Totally Show for your thoughts, this one wasn't directly to us, but Angel Rangel, after QPR tweeted happy birthday to him, said, thanks guys, but I have a month left for my birthday, November the 28th, uh, which amused me this week. Lots of smiles on the faces down Loftus Roadway, Sam, at the moment. It's been brilliant. And I've, I can't remember seeing a group of supporters all collectively in humble pie you know it's they didn't want Steve McLaren I don't think when he was appointed the knives were out for him very early on and they've been excellent they rode their luck against Villa they were very good against Sheffield Wednesday last Tuesday uh, the, the signings are getting a lot of praise especially Hemed and um, Naki Wells but for me it's been about Jeff Cameron and about Rangel just getting a little bit of organisation into that back four and massive credit to the goalkeeper as well. He's a Rangers lad, various loan spells, didn't look like he was going to get his opportunity and he he looks like a championship goalkeeper now. So organised in defence, still not sure they're going to get enough goals to realistically threaten, but 
it's going to be a season where they're not looking over their shoulders. So I, for one, I'm delighted. Yeah, I, I, I hammered Steve McLaren. I said he was rubbish. I still, I still don't think he's a very good manager, but credit where it's due. Whatever he is doing on the training ground is working. He's, he's clearly um, worked hard on the, the shape yeah. of the team, hasn't he? You can see that. So it's, it's him you're giving credit to? And his coaching staff, yeah. I, I just still, I still feel it... it, it it almost always ends in tears as a football manager, doesn't it? And and I'm, I don't think I'll ever be his biggest fan, but he's doing a great job at the moment. Talking of uh, improvements, Jamie Biddle on Twitter writes, Birmingham, 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 <laughs> dot, dot, mm, dot, brilliant. please, question mark. Huge improvement, 11 unbeaten, four wins in a row. And it's just getting back to it. Five assists for him too. Yeah, it's, it's been outstanding. The the guys up front are setting the tone. Magoma's, you know, been excellent this season. But Adams and Jukovic were, were great by all accounts at the weekend. Just grafting. And, and it's old-fashioned. It's 4-4-2. It's work hard, play with energy. They weren't very good by all accounts in the first half of this match. But they, they managed to turn it around. The top of the form table, aren't they? Clifton Beld is a player that's getting a lot of, a lot of praise mm. um, there at the moment and all action in, in central midfield. Yeah, I just think that they they nailed it when they when they appointed Gary Monk. I've always rated it, you know, on the flip side of McLaren, I have always rated Gary Monk. I know it didn't work out for him his last job, but... Why? I, 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 I always like hear what he says after games. I think he, he speaks sensibly. Um, but I've heard a lot of good things about his methods on the training ground, about his organisation, about attention to detail. Mm. And I just think for, for a young manager, he, he's got great maturity. So he's got that, he's got the youth on his side where he can relate to the players. And I think that is important in terms of energy and, and be, not being their mate, but just relatable. But also he's got a wise head on his shoulders for, for a relatively young manager. So yeah, he's re-energised the club. And look, based on form, you have to say they're playoff candidates, Birmingham now. 3-1 win over Sheffield Wednesday. Do you echo that, Mr. Sam Parkin? Yeah, and that's why he deserves credit for remaining calm when they were having a lot of stalemates and couldn't score goals. And he was saying we're playing well, it's going to turn. And it's happened and a lot of it's been about the structure of the team. He's very set in the way he plays with two forward players now. Producing in Jukovic and, and Che Adams. He's got loads of ability, just needs to do it more consistently. I just want to do the other side of the coin, Sheffield Wednesday, just because I saw them last week and again... I'm going to do a bit of writing about them this week, so I don't want to give away all the good stuff now because I know you like to mock me when I bring in an article. No, 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 I don't, I don't. But, did, did someone bring in a paper this oh, week? Oh, Caroline Barker, all over the front page. All over. Conceding, Let's not explain that. Let's no, just leave that. All over the front page of the rag. Um, conceding so many goals. 3-1, obviously, at Birmingham. 3-0 at Rangers. Shipped the most goals in the league. I know they've got hellish injury problems. Mm. I'm aware of that, but they are playing the most ridiculous open way that I've probably seen in a championship for God knows how many months. What, inviting the pressure on? Or? They're playing Barry Bannon and Pelupesi in midfield. And Barry Bannon is an excellent footballer. And every time I've seen him this year, he's been their best player. But he doesn't want to be doing too much defending. They're all over the place in terms of their defensive line. Reach uh, and Jow were playing the other day. Knew who played wide. They don't want to do any defending. And they're trying to play out. And when they're giving the ball away, they are so open. Honestly, I mean, QPR just picked them apart in that game. Um, I understand they were very good in the, the first half an hour against Birmingham, but again, conceding three goals. And if he doesn't change, that's just going to keep on happening. I, honestly, I, I couldn't believe how open it was obvious to me from the stands. And I know, like I said, horrific uh, injury problems, not too many bodies to pick from, but he needs to shore those things up because I think he's quite an intelligent guy in terms of going forward and the rotation he gets in mm. his team. But you can't continue conceding like that. 
Joe Crilly, Sheffield United odds on them to win the league and Birmingham, have they shifted into being playoff candidates and under pressure, Reading manager Paul Clement was a headline I saw once or twice this week. Uh, Well, first off, Sheffield United, obviously having made that top spot theirs for the time being. Uh, They are still fourth favourites or joint third favourites for promotion. They're around about six to one, seven to one for promotion. I remember... uh, Around about this time last year, sat in in this studio with Matt Stanger and the erstwhile Ian McIntosh, and um, Sheffield United were actually odds on to get promoted, and then mm. they had that horrific injury to Paul Coots, and everything seemed to come unravelled. And I, but I think they're a little a little bit stronger, albeit in a stronger league this season. Uh, so I think it'll be very tight at the top, but there's no reason why they can't get promoted. Birmingham into ten to one for promotion. Uh, they were as big as uh, as twenty to one just a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, QPR we've just touched on them. They're eighteen to one for promotion, and uh, they have been as big as thirty three to one just a couple of weeks ago. And and given that in some sort of paper or other, I might have written a whole bit about actually it's wrong to say is a manager under pressure and let's sack them. Paul Clement under pressure and is he going to get the sack? <laughs> uh, well, he seems to have been under pressure all season, but I think he he might have a, a couple more weeks respite left in him he will continue to fight for the club he says this week shall we head off into league one league one then and goal city central again last week we asked whether there'd be over 30 goals again this week 37 goals and not a nil nil in sight yeehaw joe crilly that must have been enjoyable for you. Portsmouth led for just two minutes of their 1-1 draw with Accrington, which means Peterborough closed the gap to two points after their 2-1 win at Burton, if you're still following. Are they getting twitchy at Wimbledon or were they always going to lose to Luton? They did lose. These and other big questions then. Stephen Smith writes, what can Chris Powell do next at Southend? The first team squad is being decimated by long-term injuries. The finances are precarious, says Stephen, and there isn't enough quality in the fit squad. Youngsters are getting chances, but dot, 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 dot. I don't know if at that stage his Wi-Fi went and we didn't get the second tweet or whether he's just holding it there for you to answer. Sunderland 3, Southend nil Mr South End. Yeah, well I've only seen them live once this season and they were it was a game of two halves they were they were pretty poor in the first half very good in the second. They've got some good players but it is an absolute nightmare for Chris Powell that he's lost Tom Hopper to injury. Um I was on the radio the other day speaking to Chris Powell and he was singing Tom Hopper's praises he said yeah he he and him and Simon Cox they're both scoring goals that's that's what we need to to push ourselves up the league and he's out for the season it's, it's a hammer blow yeah there's not a great deal of depth there it's not the deep squads what, what I will say is that South End's academy has produced a lot of really good players down the years or in recent years Ryan Leonard's one of them that's uh, come through went to Sheffield United he's now doing really well for Millwall Drew Yearwood is, is fit again now and playing well gotta say at the Sunderland game at the weekend it's the most blatant penalty you, you could ever wish to see he was absolutely wiped out by Tom Flanagan didn't get it and and, and that was that they end up losing 3-0 but yeah no there's, there's no magic wand is there for, for Chris Powers you've got, you no. just got to dig in and, and probably rely a little bit more on Simon Cox for goals he, Cox has been playing as the number 10 Maybe what he needs to do now is 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 push him further forward and 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 rely on him a bit more. But it's no magic wand, is there? You, if you haven't got the money, you have to work with what you've got. And it's kind of 
what I was going to say about Wimbledon and Luton going there. You just thought actually going to Sun. I know you still got to be up for it and still got to go for it. No doubt that they did, but it's just not an easy place. No, it's a, it's a fortress again, isn't it? Absolute mm. fortress. I think they're unbeaten all season, aren't they? Three back-to-back clean sheets, four straight wins uh, for Sunderland, uh, playing some really good stuff and had the luxury of leaving Madger on the bench, Jerome Sinclair keeping his, his place. And I understand he and McGeady came on Madger and had a real impact. Uh, McGeady getting a goal, Lee Catamold, the driving force, he was outstanding. So they've got that strength in depth. Players not even in the squad power suspended to come back as well. And they're looking very good. Just to um, add to Adrian, I agree about Hopper, by the way. So like him at, at Scunthorpe when he went there initially from Leicester. But Ben Coker looks like he's maybe done for the season as well. And I know Ben's had a serious injury before and he's a huge... I think he's been their captain, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a huge he's, player. He's a driving him. force down the left-hand yeah. side. Did yeah, you see it? A cl- yeah, I did, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, not not nice at all. On Sunderland, I was... Um, I was reading something from their executive director, Charlie Methven. He said that they picked Ross out of 52 credible candidates and he said that he is absolutely delivered on what he promised in his interview, which you can't always say about managers. He said he promised style and structure. And when I look at Sunderland, that's exactly what you see. Mm -hmm. You see a, a clearly defined style Real structure in the in the team and also talent. Sam's rattled off a load of names there. You, you, there's also Chris Maguire scored a fun, thunderbolt in it at the weekend. Uh, Lyndon Gooch is an assist machine. So, yeah, I think Sunderland. I'll be amazed. I mean, I'll be amazed if they don't if they're not top two now. Actually, given given what I've seen of them, and they're the only team in League One that's um, not failed to score in a game this year. Such a how things can change because remember at the time when Ipswich were going for Paul Hurst, there was all the the talk about they're facing competition with Sunderland for for Paul Hurst and how things could have changed and whether the whether they were similar style managers being asked to do similar things too and of course how one works out and the other doesn't still a long way on that though to go Wimbledon nil Luton till Gillingham four Bradford nil Scunthorpe one Plymouth four Plymouth Argyle's first away win since 2017 and and there's the issue having just said that Neil Ardley, Ardley what would he have expected for Wimbledon up against Luton but when those that you're fighting off at the bottom pick up their results mm. that you wouldn't have expected them to and again that's where it just heaps on a little bit more it does for Neil Ardley, yeah, um, definitely. The Luton game, that'll be best remembered in my mind for the worst penalty I've seen in about 20 <laughs> years. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hilton, Hilton, wasn't it? Uh, have you seen Pat Nevins once upon a time? I'll show you Pat Nevins after the show today. That's the second worst penalty of the all time. Hilton now has that crown. But yeah, they really picked up uh, the Hatters away from home. They were really struggling on the road. And I've touched on it many a time about how intimidating they are at, at Kenilworth Road. Them and Accrington are going to get loads of points. So they're in really good place with loads of momentum, some very winnable games coming up. But Wimbledon, yeah, that's a really poor result for them again. And I just worry, like Hanson, Apaya, I was thinking those two may be enough to get a, a good return of goals, but I just don't see it happening. Simon Bassey, their assistant, who's been with the club since they were yeah. in non-league and up and through, said there are a number of players not fit to wear the shirt. I guess it's about shifting those out and, and then where you, you go. Anything change, Joe? It's funny. I, I saw a couple of tweets where they lost away to Bristol Rovers and Neil Ardley walked over to the... Um, to the Wimbledon fans uh, and there were a few people saying that he, he was kind of accepting the applause he had tears in his eyes it looked like he was saying goodbye it, it was like he, he thought that that was going to be his last game he obviously took charge of the team 
against Luton at the weekend, they've lost again. And, and it does look like time is, is running out. But that, that that was my argument, kind of, in that I thought they would always... I didn't think they'd get a result against Luton. So if you were going to do it, you'd do it sort of before the, the Luton game. Or do you, is he one of those sitting ducks, you let him ride it out? And, and yeah. the point I probably badly made in, in, in the article was that Eric Samuelson is just a calm figure. So he's not going to make those knee-jerk reactions. He's not going to as some chairman owners do, read social media and think, or hear the noise from the fans and think it. So he won't be putting that in the equation. So you don't know what conversation he's had with Neil Ardley. You don't know what Neil Ardley turned around and said, OK, I understand, appreciate this, this and this, but this, this and this. Well, what they've got to do, they built that team. Yeah. So it's, it's not as if they're, 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 they're players that they've been left with. They're, yeah. they're players that, that aren't fit to wear the shirt. So they signed them. What it would depend on, I think, their future is, is have they got clear heads? the management team at the moment or for one of a better phrase of their, of their heads gone. And, and sometimes that can, that can happen. You mm. could, you, it doesn't mean you're a bad manager, but you can just get so frazzled and start making silly decisions and panicky decisions. And when that happens, the players see through it and, and everything can spiral out of control. What did Bradford do? I mean, changing the subject. I mean, it's, 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 it's awful for them. I did read that the joint owner, Stefan Rupp said that uh, David Hopkin and have money to spend in January if there's no improvement. I just thought that was a bit of a joke because he won't get to January if if performances and results Four don't improve. Against Gillingham for they, they are having an utter stinker, aren't they? I mean, no points. Whenever they've gone one 0 down this season, no points. That tells me not a lot of backbone mm. in the team. It's sort of thirteen losses in seventeen. Eight in ten for Hopkin. It's sometimes you've just got to say it's not working. He says unforgivable and wholly unacceptable. Hopkin after it. Mm. I mean, there were some good goals. I can't say from Gillingham. Another worldie from 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 our mate uh, Tom Eaves. Absolutely brilliant first touch and and the finish was quality. He he looks to have a lot about him, by the way, Tom Eaves. I mean, it's the old boring cliche of the touch for the big man and and, and stuff, but he really has got a silky touch for for a big fella. And I just like the way he finishes. He, he he kind of strokes the ball in at real pace. There's something about him. I think I think he can he can be their main man Gillingham this year and, and maybe play higher. But yeah, Bradford, I don't know. It's, it's just all going pear shaped. Ah, we've talked quite a lot. So uh, you can wrestle one more game out of me if you want. Anything what about else? Coventry? I'd, I'd like to talk about Coventry. Oh, they, uh, they, yes. are, they are the form team, aren't they? They're yeah. absolutely brilliant at the moment. Six in uh, a row. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sensational. I think if they win at the, at the weekend, it's, it's a record that will be matched for, not since 1964. So Mark Robbins, I, I do rate Mark Robbins. Yeah. He, he's got a lot of good young players there. We talked about Southend's Academy. Coventry deserves a lot of praise. And he's a, he's a gaffer that will give kids a chance. He's got a low knee there at the moment. Uh, Luke Thomas, 19. From from Derby, and he scored a cracking goal, and it's happening for them. Huula scored fourth in fifth games, fourth yeah, fourth in five games rather. What I think is amazing is that they had McNulty and Biamu, who were brilliant last year. The strike force it was ripped apart. Biamu injured, McNulty sold. They've just started again, mm. and and Clark Harris and Chaplin and Huula have come in, and it's as if. Yeah, it took a while to get going, but now they're absolutely flying. And uh, based on the bits and pieces I've seen of them, I I would be really optimistic. They've got a good centre-half partnership as well. Jordan Willis and Tom Davis. Coventry fans, I think, can dare to dream. I'm not saying they're going to get promoted, 
but they are going in the right direction, absolutely. Do they have reasons to be optimistic, Joe Crilly? They could dare to dream, yeah. They're, they're 11 to 1, but that price is, has come in so much and, and very quickly indeed. They were 20 to 1 a couple of weeks ago for promotion. Again, Sunderland and Barnsley are the odds-on favourites at the top. Portsmouth, even money. We talked about Southend. They're 10 to 1 for promotion if they can just get through no, this I, sticky I, period I, I don't think I don't think they're promotion contenders I think they're probably mid-table this year Southend especially given the given the injury issues I, I think Coventry um, are one of those that, that can come from deep mm. with a run I really do they've got they've got decent firepower and, and if they get momentum a bit like Sunderland you said it was a fortress Coventry's the Rico has been a bit dead let, let's be honest in terms of atmosphere in recent years but it's building there yeah. and they're talking about it in the, in the city I think the crowds are up and the noise levels are up as well. Uh, what about the all-important fewer than 35 goals this coming weekend? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the same price. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you want a question? Do you want a price on Do that, Do you want Sam? a question? <laughs> a few questions that I need to know. No. Um, how you could ever hurt Last yourself. time, commentary won five in a what row. Was who was the manager? Done wrong and how long it's been going on. Uh, who was the manager? Five in a row. Five in a row. Who was the manager? 1998. Strackers. Yes, Joe Crilly. That's why you're here for, son. Is that the only reason? <laughs> well, his dad's doing the odds now. All right, yeah, good. Uh, I will just say as well on the on the the prices about this time last year. Again, I'm I'm, I'm living in the past this week. Uh, but we got an email from a Plymouth fan after their incredibly slow start. They picked up a couple of results. Who put five quid on them at two hundred to one? <laughs> after their two wins uh, back to back, they are now two hundred to one for promotion. Great week for them. Fantastic. I'm looking at you, but you well, they're, they're not going to get promoted. No, no chance. I'm sorry. So that is money Steve down McLaren, the drain. Right, is a rubbish manager. Uh, what else have we established through no, Adrian Clark? They're not get, Plymouth are not going up, not but, going but, up. But, it's, but it's been a brilliant week. And it, it does go to show, you know, if you're a Wimbledon fan, maybe how quickly things can change. Yeah, if you make a change. There's another song in there somewhere. Uh, League Two, we're off to next. Drawn two, lost one. Lincoln, keep the faith. Don't be impish. Still impressive. Tight at the top of League Two now after the Cowley boys lose one nil at Colchester. But don't knock it. That's a tough place to go to. Yeovil fans had to endure a 375-mile trip to Carlisle and then wait until the 96th minute for the winner. Still one, though. Macclesfield remained bottom of the 92. It was Colchester 1, Lincoln 0. Exeter 1, FGR 2, Mansfield 1, Milton Keynes 1, Tramier 5, Crawley 1. You can go anywhere you like, but Fox Punter says, credit to Neil Aspin on the ropes after Port Vale conceded six against Lincoln a fortnight ago. Now, four clean sheets on the bounce. There's a lot of randomness in football, but you don't swing between those two extremes purely by accident so a good week for Port Vale good week for who else he's going he's including the checker trade victory over Middlesbrough there in the clean sheet list yeah you can't do that son what was his name Uh, uh, Fox Punter (laughs) can't have that against Middlesbrough's 21s no he's done brilliantly because they wanted him out two weeks ago after that Lincoln game I listened to a little bit of the reaction and he was getting dogs abuse so he went to a back three very intelligently, I think he's got defenders in there. I'm not talking, well, I said it last week, I'm not talking a, an MK Dons, a Sheffield United type of back three. Load of solidity to try and get some clean sheets and he's got them. And Tom Pope, another one of those living out his dreams, playing for his, his club uh, with the goal. So, yeah, you have to credit Neil Aspin there because it, it looked like a very difficult job for him. 
Definitely. Uh, big up Colchester United, really. Mm. I mean, they are... We, we've spoken a bit about them this season, haven't we? They have patches, don't they? They do have patches, but, but they are consistent in one thing, and that is they start matches really solidly. I've 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 mentioned this stat a couple of times, but it's up to thirteen nil now in the opening half hour of games. Now every manager goes into a match, particularly away from home, first fifteen twenty half an hour. Let's be nice and compact, nice and solid. Very rarely, I mean, what we're nearly into November and they've not conceded a goal in the opening half hour of a match this season. I just think that's that's mental, really, Sam. That's that's a fantastic achievement. She says a lot about about their organisation, doesn't it? Yeah, the good, good team, Colchester. It's a bit of a, an ugly goal. Um, John Akindi went asleep on the near post because they've been scoring some glorious ones. Mm. That uh, we've spoken a lot about their creativity and, and the goals in the, in Colchester's team. But yeah, it was a bit of a scrappy one. But Lincoln, I was surprised to hear Danny Cowley talking about a lack of depth. Really, I think they've got enough there, Lincoln. I think they've got enough on the bench, and they're going to be competing. I said it last week. I think the league table. I don't think it's going to differ too much, the, the top teams, really. I think that the, the strength is all at the summit at the moment. Have you either of you sat in a team where you have sat in teams where you've been up the top for so long, there's a lot, a lot of expectation on you as well, and then the point that that starts feeding in and then the doubts creep in, and it's very much like sitting around in this room? Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, and then it depends. You've just got to retain your belief, haven't you, and, and go back to what got you there in the first place and not not panic. And some managers will, at the first sign, first hint of trouble, mm. they'll suddenly rip things up and they'll change the formula or they bring in two or three lone players and then all of a sudden that team dressing room and dynamic has a very different feel and it can go one of two ways. I, I, yeah, I, I, and Cole, you point off the top three. It's not like they're playing a, a bottom team. No, no. It's, it's a really impressive performance. I think they're solid at the back. They're fantastic going forward. They've got four players in in attacking areas that are all in the goals this season. And in central midfield, they're, they're, they're very strong. Like Pell is getting rave reviews, and I know for his form there at the moment. So Colchester United, I, I don't see them. The only way I see Colchester United falling out of the playoff picture now is if they get a lot of injuries because they just don't have the depth. They've not got much money. Their team is excellent. Uh, anyone want to talk about anything else in the league? Do... Uh, I want to talk about Sanchez in goal for oh, Forest Green. Classic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that's... that's uh, we, a couple of times, isn't it? He's done yeah, we've times. talked up Mark Cooper's team loads and what a brilliant win. And it was nice seeing um, St. James's Park with the, the filled-in stands now. Yeah, it looks good. Um, yeah, it looks much better, doesn't it? But massive win for them. But the goal, and that's been my concern about Forest Green because he's got these lapses in concentration. If you look what Lloris has been doing for, for Tottenham in some high-profile games, he's been doing similar rushing out and bringing people down and... People haven't seen it. It's um, Aaron Martin. We've just uh, he's trying to just play it into the front man. He gets it horribly wrong. It's just dribbling towards the goalkeeper, and he just takes his Go he takes his motion, eye off it. Doesn't it? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. A, it's a classic. And yeah. there was that, and um, the goals out of the the Mansfield MK game. Oh. Two former Chelsea youngsters actually, Jacob Mellis with a stunner for Mansfield, and Jordan Houghton, who's probably not got many headlines really he's a combative midfield player I saw him a lot in the 23s at, at Chelsea he was at Doncaster Rovers on loan and found a home under Paul Tearsdale and never seen him score a goal before I don't think so <laughs> he whacked one in from 25 yards as well and um, both managers very complimentary about each other's team so I like that Can I ask you then Sam about Reese Brown 
Do you know much about Reese Brown at Forest Green? I've seen him. Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's been tipped up to say that he could play Premier League football mm-hmm. right right now if he wanted to. That was the words of of Mark Cooper. I don't know whether he was he was over egging it a bit or not, but he's he's a player in form for Forest Green. Well, he got an outstanding goal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's not what he's necessarily known for. I did mm-hmm. see him this year against Swindon. Uh, I think he's a decent player. Yeah, and it was a beauty at the weekend because Christy Pym. A former teammate of mine, Exeter, is a top quality goalkeeper, and he had to pick out not only one from him, but Shepherd whistled one past him as well. So, how, yeah, Forest Green going great. How different would he be then if you took someone out of League Two and popped him in a Premier League team tomorrow? <laughs> Clearly, you've got all that quality around you. How out of the water would they look? Not necessarily out of the water, no. I mean, I, I had a distinction of, of playing in every division from the Premier League to, to the conference, and I, I started at the top and, and quite rapidly went through the league. So, so but, but my honest opinion is that I found it easier in the Premier League um, because you're, you're around better players you get better service I was a winger so you're relying a little bit on, a, on the quality of the service defenders are a bit more respectful they don't die, you know they don't clatter, come clattering into you um, it's, it's a different type of type of game I don't think you'd necessarily look out of depth it's, it's consistency really the difference between a, a League 2 player and a Premier League player obviously there's talent but but it is can they deliver that final ball, that excellent cross, that that you know, whatever position they are, can they deliver it eight or nine times out of ten, or is it more like a four or five out of ten? And yeah. and that is why certain players are in, in League Two and others are in the in the Premier League. Duffy from Sheffield United was talking about that exact thing really in the in the Football League paper this week. Uh, I don't think he's played in the Premier League, but he was out of non-league and just saying, yeah, the further you go up, he finds it easy to express himself because he gets a bit more time on the ball and. When you ask that question, I immediately think of Trevor Sinclair because he's one of my heroes. But way back when, he went from Blackpool to QPR immediately into the first team. I mean, that says it all, really. I'm thinking back 20 years to someone who made the transition really easily, but it doesn't invariably happen too often these days. Yeah, one one. it might sound silly, but but one huge difference I notice between the the levels is that in the the Premier League, it's relentless in terms of... You need your fitness levels need to be a lot, lot higher in the Premier League, and it sounds sounds nonsense to say it because it's very rarely out of play. The ball just keeps moving. The goalkeepers get it and they chuck it to, to a player, and you're off again. Whereas in League One and League Two, it's a, it's a lot more stop start, and uh, yeah, it, it, the ball goes out of play, and there's more emphasis on 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 taking your time over free kicks and corners and goal kicks, etc. It's it's a silly little thing, but but it makes a big difference. Joe Crilly, odds on the next, but no, I'm kidding. You're all right. Uh, odds from League Two. Anything change? Not a great deal in terms of the the, the teams that we've been talking about, though. Colchester United joint third. Favourites with Mansfield at 13 to 8 for promotion uh, behind Lincoln and MK Dons, who are both odds on. Forest Green, 100 to 30. And we have a new favourite actually in the top goal scorer oh market. Oh my goodness. Go on. Jaden Stockley has been knocked off top spot by James Norwood of Tranmere, who mm. bagged two at the weekend. Uh, Norwood and Tranmere continue to improve. They take on Exeter this coming weekend, which in itself will be an interesting little head-to-head. Lincoln faced Forest Green Rovers, uh, heading up Plymouth Sunderland. There's a fair few uh, air miles probably needed in that one, rather than catching the train. Bradford, Bompey, Stoke, Borough, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United and Ipswich, Preston North End. Where would you like to go? Well, I think there's a lot of good games, aren't there? I, th- I think I think Forest Sheffield United has the look of a cracker because Forest are, 
are usually pretty pretty sharp at home. Really enjoying watching Lolly and Cash this season, the two wingers. Obviously, they spent a lot of money on overseas players, but, but I think Lolly and Cash are probably the most consistent attackers that are, that are contributing contributing so I think that would be that would be a bell if, if Sheffield United win at Nottingham Forest are you more likely to concede to me that Sheffield United will stay up there no oh, right. <laughs> Derby Birmingham as well I think would be, be a cracker because yeah. of the, both teams are in great form particularly after Derby facing Chelsea midweek big London Derby Brentford Millwall on, on Saturday um, that would be a good one and probably well very difficult I think for Thomas Frank considering the way that Mill will play and yeah I just think it's going to be difficult for Brentford to turn this corner so uh, hopefully do that at the weekend and, and Coventry Atkinson given that we've spoken said some nice things about Cov there was some good stuff on Twitter about Mark Robbins basically getting some very intelligent loan signings some freebies mm. obviously a lot, a lot of good youth players Atkinson similarly not a big budget oh, Coventry obviously a bigger budget than Atkinson but uh, very good in the in the transfer market as well, John Coleman. So two teams that are up there challenging. Plymouth Sunderland, I think, has a, has a good look about it because of Plymouth's two wins in a week. We know about Sunderland. It'll be a test. I think Plymouth will really actually look forward to it. It would have been a game they were absolutely dread, wouldn't yeah. it, a couple of weeks ago. But now they'll 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 tackle it full on. It's a long way for Sunderland to go as well. Um, if Plymouth can beat Sunderland, they'll go up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might get Derek Adams through to January. Might, is what yeah, it might do. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. it's the thing, and that results happen. Then what was spoken goes back out the window. Uh, Joe Quilly, where's Dad going? Dad will be sat with a, a glass of wine, I think, watching Aston Villa Bolton on Friday night on the telly. And will he enjoy that glass of wine? He'll enjoy the wine. Oh. Um, I don't think he'll enjoy the football. But I quite like the look of Ipswich Preston, uh, Lambert's first game in charge. Preston have been on a decent run, but they're still scrapping at the, at the bottom of the table. You think he picks up his first three then? I think there's every chance that he can do, yeah. Ah, every chance. Uh, if you want to come on and talk about your team, just like Joe's dad, we would love it. Whether you want to praise or bemoan or anything in between, whatever in between is, then get in touch at the Totally Show. In the mind, in the mind time. In the meantime, thank you, Sam, Adrian, Joe, and Ian James. Uh, oh yeah, not James Ian. He's got the same surname as you. Yeah, of course. I don't know why I thought his name was Ian James. It was because you said Ian James. Is his, is his full name Ian James? As in, Ian have you given James me his? Crilly, yes. But is that his middle name, or does he go under the name Ian James? Is it double-barrelled? No, it's not. He's, he goes as Ian. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, and of course, to you for listening so far. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, The Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. 
So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.